European Heart Journal, Issue at a Glance, Volume 43, Issue 6, Focus Issue, Vascular Biology and Medicine, by Editor-in-Chief, Professor Filippo Crea, read to you by Morgan Bryan. New Therapeutic Targets in the Prevention of Atherosclerotic Cardiovascular Disease This focus issue on cardiovascular biology and medicine contains the state-of-the-art review article Vascular Repair and Regeneration in Cardiometabolic Diseases, authored by David Hess and colleagues from the University of Toronto in Canada. The authors present current strategies to assess the progression of provascular regenerative cell depletion in peripheral blood samples of individuals with type 2 diabetes mellitus, or T2D, and obesity, and summarize novel clinical data showing that intervention using sodium glucose cotransporter 2 inhibition or gastric bypass surgery can efficiently restore cell-mediated vascular repair mechanisms associated with profound cardiovascular benefits in recent outcome trials. Collectively, this thesis generates a compelling argument for early intervention using current pharmacological agents to prevent or restore imbalanced circulating progenitor content maintain vascular regenerative cell trafficking to sites of ischemic damage. This conceptual advancement may lead to the design of novel therapeutic approaches to prevent or reverse the devastating cardiovascular comorbidities currently associated with T2D and obesity. Stroke is a leading cause of death and disability worldwide. Women are disproportionately affected by stroke exhibiting higher mortality and disability rates post-stroke than men. In a second state-of-the-art review article entitled Importance of Sex and Gender in Ischemic Stroke and Carotid Atherosclerotic Disease, Karina Gasparino and colleagues from McGill University in Montreal, Canada, note that clinical stroke research has historically included mostly men and studies were not properly designed to perform sex and gender-based analyses, leading to an underappreciation of differences between men and women in stroke presentation, outcomes, and response to treatment. Reasons for these differences are probably multifactorial. Some are due to gender-related factors, i.e. decreased social support or lack of stroke awareness, yet others result from biological differences between sexes. Unlike men, women often present with atypical stroke symptoms. Lack of awareness of atypical presentation has led to delays in hospital arrival, diagnosis, and treatment of women. Differences also extend to carotid atherosclerotic disease, a cause of stroke, where plaques isolated from women are undeniably different in morphology, stroke composition, compared with men. As a result, women may require different treatment from men, as evidenced by the fact that they can derive less benefit from carotid revascularization than men, but benefit more from medical management. Despite this, women are less likely than men to receive medical therapy for cardiovascular risk factor management. This review focuses on the importance of sex and gender in ischemic stroke and carotid atherosclerotic disease, summarizing the current evidence with respect to 1. Stroke incidence, mortality, awareness and outcomes. 2. Carotid plaque prevalence, morphology and composition, and gene connectivity. 3. The role of sex hormones and sex chromosomes in atherosclerosis and ischemic stroke risk. And 4. Carotid disease management.
Evidence suggests that overactivation of the mineralocorticoid receptor, or MR, leads to inflammation and fibrosis in the heart, kidneys, and vasculature where the MR is extensively expressed that can drive chronic kidney disease, or CKD, and cardiovascular disease, or CVD, progression. Finerenone is a novel, selective, non-steroidal MR antagonist, or MRA, that blocks MR-mediated sodium reabsorption and MR overactivation, and has demonstrated anti-inflammatory and antifibrotic effects in preclinical kidney disease and CVD models. In a fast-track clinical research article entitled Cardiovascular and Kidney Outcomes with Finerenone in Patients with Type 2 Diabetes and Chronic Kidney Disease, the Fidelity Pooled Analysis. Rajiv Agarwal from the Indiana University School of Medicine and Richard Rudabush from the VA Medical Center in Indianapolis, USA and colleagues indicate that the purpose of the fidelity analysis was to perform an individual patient-level pre-specified pooled efficacy and safety analysis across a broad spectrum of CKD to provide more robust estimates of safety and efficacy of finerenone compared with placebo. For this pre-specified analysis, two Phase 3 multi-center double-blind trials, Fidelio DKD and Figaro DKD, involving patients with CKD and T2D, randomized one-to-one to finerenone or placebo, were combined. Main time-to-event efficacy outcomes were a composite of cardiovascular death, non-fatal myocardial infarction, non-fatal stroke or hospitalization for heart failure and a composite of kidney failure, a sustained greater than or equal to 57% decrease in estimated glomerular filtration rate from baseline over greater than or equal to four weeks, or renal death. Among 13,026 patients with a median follow-up of three years, the composite cardiovascular outcome occurred in 825, or 12.7% of patients, receiving finerenone, and in 939, or 14.4%, receiving placebo, hazard ratio, or HR, 0.86, P equaling 0.0018. The composite kidney outcome occurred in 360, or 5.5% of patients, receiving finerenone, and in 465, or 7.1%, receiving placebo, HR 0.77, P equaling 0.0002. Overall safety outcomes were generally similar between treatment arms. Hyperkalemia leading to permanent treatment discontinuation occurred more frequently in patients receiving finerenone, 1.7%, than those receiving placebo, 0.6%. The authors conclude that finerenone reduces the risk of clinically important cardiovascular and kidney outcomes versus placebo across the spectrum of CKD patients with T2D. The contribution is accompanied by an editorial by Pardeep Jahund and Carly Adamson from the University of Glasgow in Scotland, UK. They highlight that there is one important finding for the cardiologist from Fidelity. It offers insight into which patients may benefit from finerenone in the future. In an analysis of the components of the cardiovascular outcomes, the biggest relative risk reduction, 22%, was in hospitalization for heart failure. Heart failure has suffered from issues of artificial cutoff for ejection fraction, 
which have only recently begun to be disentangled by guidelines. While MRAs hold a Class 1A recommendation for treatment of heart failure with reduced ejection fraction, trials of MRAs in heart failure with preserved ejection fraction have not been so conclusive. Binerinone is being tested in the Fine Arts HF trial, NCT 04435626, in a population with heart failure with preserved ejection fraction, greater than or equal to 40%, to determine if this non-steroidal MRA can improve outcomes in the spectrum of ejection fraction not covered by current guideline recommendations for MRAs. The authors conclude that we should continue to define diseases and risk by cutoffs in a measure of renal and cardiac function until trial design advances to accommodate the blurry nature of these definitions. Until then, fidelity serves as yet another reminder that combining populations will continue to yield important insights into the efficacy of treatments in wider populations. Endothelial dysfunction plays an important role in CVDs. In a translational research article entitled Tubulin Folding Cofactor E Deficiency Promotes Vascular Dysfunction by Increased Endoplasmic Reticulum Stress. Anagiotis Efantakis and colleagues from the University Medical Center Mainz in Germany aim to evaluate novel markers of flow-mediated dilation, or FMD, at the population level. In order to identify novel targets that were negatively correlated with FMD and investigate their contribution to vascular function, the authors performed a genome-wide association study, or GWAS, of 4,175 participants of the population-based Gutenberg Health Study. Subsequently, conditional knockout mice models deleting the gene of interest were generated and characterized. GWAS analysis revealed that single nucleotide polymorphisms, or SMPs, in the tubulin folding cofactor E, or TBCE, gene were negatively correlated with endothelial function and TBCE expression. Vascular smooth muscle cell, or VSMC, targeted TBCE deficiency was associated with endothelial dysfunction, aortic wall hypertrophy, and endoplasmic reticulum, or ER, stress-mediated VSMC hyperproliferation in mice, paralleled by calnexin upregulation and exacerbated by the blood pressure hormone angiotensin II. Treating SMMHC-HRT2-CRAE plus or minus TBCE FL-FL mice with the ER stress modulator taurosidoxycholic acid or TUDCA amplified raptor stroke Becklin-1 dependent autophagy and reversed vascular dysfunction. Efantakis and colleagues conclude that TBCE and tubulin homeostasis seem to be novel predictors of vascular function and offer a new drug target to ameliorate ER stress-dependent vascular dysfunction. This manuscript is accompanied by an editorial by Toru Minamino and Hiroshi Iwata from the Juntendo University Graduate School of Medicine in Tokyo, Japan. They conclude that precision medicine with TBCE genotyping would be desirable to examine the individual effects of treatment of these ER stress-related diseases, including CVD. It would also be of interest to examine whether TBCE genotypes contribute to the residual CVD risk after lowering LDL cholesterol, 
and explore the potential of the additional treatment with TUDCA for atherosclerotic diseases. Platelets participate in CVD with mechanisms not yet fully clarified. Vascular wall matrix metalloproteinase 2 or MMP2 is involved in the remodeling accompanying atherosclerosis. In a translational research article entitled Matrix Metalloproteinase 2 on Activated Platelets Triggers Endothelial PAR1 Initiating Atherosclerosis, Stefania Momi and colleagues from the University of Perugia in Italy point out that platelets contain and release MMP2, but no information is available on its role in atherosclerotic lesion formation. The authors generated double knockout mice lacking the LDL receptor or LDLR and MMP2 only in circulating blood cells, showing that they developed significantly less femoral intima thickening after photochemical-induced arterial damage and atherosclerotic lesions in the aorta, measured by the on-face method, after four months of atherogenic diet, as compared with LDLR knockout mice. Moreover, repeated transfusions of autologous activated platelets in LDLR knockout mice on an atherogenic diet significantly enhanced the extension of aortic atherosclerotic lesions, while transfusion of activated platelets from MMP2 knockout mice did not. In vitro co-incubation studies showed that platelet-derived MMP2 plays a pivotal role in the development and progression of atherosclerosis through a complex crosstalk between activated platelets, monocyte stroke macrophages, and endothelial cells. Translational studies in patients with coronary artery disease and chronic HIV infection showed that platelet surface expression of MMP2 highly significantly correlated with the degree of carotid artery stenosis. The authors conclude that they demonstrate a previously unknown mechanism of the pathway through which platelets expressing MMP2 trigger the initial phases of atherosclerosis and provide a mechanism showing that they activate endothelial PAR1, triggering endothelial P38 MAPK signaling and the expression of adhesion molecules. Thus, the development of drugs selectively blocking platelet MMP2 or its expression may represent a new approach to the prevention of atherosclerosis. This contribution is accompanied by an editorial by Judith Kozmans from the Maastricht University in the Netherlands. Kozman concludes that making use of the diversity in signaling downstream of PAR1 upon its activation by MMP1 and 2 versus thrombin may provide a promising avenue to selectively target the pro-inflammatory activity of PAR1. Atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease, or ACVD, is a major cause of mortality and morbidity worldwide, and increased LDLs play a critical role in development and progression of atherosclerosis. In a translational research article entitled, Propionate Attenuates Atherosclerosis by Immune-Dependent Regulation of Intestinal Cholesterol Metabolism, Arash Hagikia and colleagues from the Charité Universitätsmedizin in Berlin, Germany, examined for the first time gut immunomodulatory effects of the microbiota-derived metabolite propionic acid, or PA, on intestinal cholesterol metabolism. 
In apolipoprotein E knockout, or APOE knockout mice, fed a high-fat diet, or HFD, PA reduced intestinal cholesterol absorption and aortic atherosclerotic lesion area. Further, PA increased regulatory T-cell numbers and interleukin-10, or IL-10, levels in the intestinal microenvironment, which in turn suppressed the expression of Neiman-PIC-C1-like-1, or NPC11, a major intestinal cholesterol transporter. Blockade of IL-10 receptor signaling attenuated the PA-related reduction in total and LDL cholesterol, and augmented atherosclerotic lesion severity. To translate these preclinical findings to humans, the authors conducted a randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled human study, clinical trial number NCT 03590496. Oral supplementation with 500 mg of PA twice daily over the course of eight weeks significantly reduced LDL minus 15.9 versus minus 1.6 milligrams per deciliter, P equaling 0.016, and non-HDL cholesterol levels, minus 18.9 versus minus 0.6 milligrams per deciliter, P equaling 0.002, in subjects with elevated baseline LDL cholesterol levels. Agiki et al. conclude that their findings reveal a novel immune-mediated pathway linking the gut microbiota-derived metabolite PA with intestinal MPC11 expression and cholesterol homeostasis. The results highlight the gut immune system as a potential therapeutic target to control dyslipidemia that may introduce a new avenue for prevention of ACVDs. The manuscript is accompanied by an editorial by Elena Osto and colleagues from the University and the University Hospital Zurich in Switzerland. Oster concludes that to prove beyond doubt whether and how changes in the gut microbiota are causally associated with CVD, are influenced by CVD, or are simple bystanders, represents the most difficult challenge to be faced within the next decade to make sure that the microbiome might become an integral part of clinical cardiovascular medicine. This issue is also complemented by two discussion forum contributions. In a commentary entitled, How to identify which patients should not have a systolic blood pressure target of less than 120 millimeters of mercury, J. David Spence from the Western University, London, Ontario, Canada, and colleagues comment on the recent publication on Cerebrotoxicity of Antihypertensive Therapy and Risk Factor Cosmetics by Franz Mezzelli from the University of Bern in Switzerland. Mezzelli et al. respond in a separate comment. The editors hope that the listeners of this issue of the European Heart Journal will find it of interest.